friend and welcome to the Ayurveda and Psychology podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. which is about psychology by the way I want to talk about something that I feel is confusing for most people it is often the case that when we take a technical term of some kind from a different field and bring it into a more colloquial everyday um, environment it transforms and changes a little bit the meaning from what it used to be, which is okay because language evolves, but is also sometimes an issue because it can then be mixed up and um, misinterpreted and then turning into ideas that aren't really correct. And I find that that's the case with the following topic. So I want to make an explanation today and I'm going to try to not be too technical about it so that it still sounds interesting to you um, and not speak about it as if you were psych students. I want to talk to you about the mind and I want to talk to you about the mind in the concept of what is the conscious, what is the pre-conscious for those who might have heard about that, what is the unconscious and then all of a sudden this much more recent term in some ways um, not reason actually at all, but popularized of subconscious because it is not the same thing actually. So in order to talk about this subject, I need to come back to my buddy Freud because it kind of all starts with him. First of all, of course, let's not forget that the idea of the mind and the descriptions of the mind and the fact of speaking about unconscious or even subconscious, I guess, is not starting with Freud per se. There's been thinkers and philosophers throughout the centuries. The ancient Greeks, of course, spoke about these different notions, absolutely. But if we would take this into the concept that is used as a base in therapeutical work, we need to begin with Freud, because Freud, let's say, discovered the unconscious and when I say the unconscious I want you to visualize it with a capital U. There's a difference between being unconscious and the unconscious. Being unconscious is basically what happens when you've had too much to drink and you have a blackout <laughs> or basically as well would be what some people would um, define sleeping actually as or 
if you've been knocked out somehow, that's when you're unconscious, which is absolutely not the same thing as the unconscious. I would almost say that it's almost opposed to each other in a sort of way. And hopefully you'll, you'll get my, uh, my vibe over the next few minutes. Now, when Freud discovered the unconscious, it was as he created his different topics, as they call it, of the mind. So we have the idea of the mind and there has been different explanations about if there's more than one, etc. But let's just say that the mind is a concept and that actually it does not reduce itself to the brain. The reason I want to make that clear is because if we would, for instance, define the mind to our neuronal activity, then we need to also take under consideration that we basically have more neurons outside of the brain than inside. Of course, in the rest of the body, in the stomach, in the heart, etc. So the idea of the mind is often reduced to the brain, but actually that is not the case. Now, the conscious mind, that's easy. That is what basically we are in most of the time. The conscious mind, it is also the part of ourselves that takes in information, that process information directly in order to be able to deal with that information. Um, the conscious mind is the part of us that is creative and that has this great capacity to plan ahead, to remember something from the past, to take that under consideration as I'm responding to something, for instance. So we can all quite easily agree on that being conscious and the part of our mind that is conscious, we are constantly aware of. Now, when Freud, Freud made his first topic, as it's called, about the mind, he made it into three entities, and there was the conscious, the pre-conscious, and the unconscious. Now, the pre-conscious is then, as the word kind of says, what is just kind of beneath the surface, okay? And that means that things that are pre-conscious to us are things that we know, but we don't walk around thinking about. So let's say, for instance, that there are things like my birthday or my age that I know, but it's not like I need to think about it to be aware of the fact that I know it. So the preconscious are things that I can easily access, even if it's not in my, let's say, environment around me right now. It is when someone asks me a question and I will respond about my age or that phone number, for instance. So it's been stored inside of me, taken in by the conscious mind, and then it's been put away in a drawer where I can easily access it. Now, the unconscious is absolutely impossible to access by my conscious mind, okay? So what is actually in the unconscious is now this is where it's important as well to um, make a difference for those of you who have not studied the subject of psychology because today people don't talk about freud very much but there are other um, famous people who've become much more part of the uh, common knowledge and so for instance when we would speak in jungian terms that which we call the shadow for instance is not really then the unconscious. So the unconscious englobes everything that is impossible to the conscious mind to accept. And 
it means that basically in the unconscious lays two things more specifically and that's the um, impulse that we have um, towards um, life and death if you will um, and it's very much then linked to maybe it would be easier even to call about call it um, sexuality and fear so kind of these drives that are deep down inside of us the drive for life which would then would be the drive of sexuality and then the drive of um, death which would be um, fear right and it's not our uh, fantasies or um, you know our desires in general that lay in the unconscious but instead very archaic let's say um, drives that are so for our idea of it anyway perverted let's say or fearful that it cannot be accepted by the conscious so the bridge let's say between the unconscious and the conscious is far more blocked than the one between the preconscious and the conscious and I guess that that paints the picture quite clearly and actually when we are um, in the therapeutical situation especially if we would look at it, at it let's say from the clinical perspective or the psychoanalytic perspective um, the goal is to actually notice what lies in the unconscious now because it is not acceptable for the conscious to take under consideration <laughs> to acknowledge um, it is very difficult to access and so this is not something that you access for instance under hypnosis right so this is where you you need to make a real distinction between what would be preconscious or for using the, the term that's become very common now the subconscious and the unconscious instead the whole reason that we're trying to tap into the unconscious in the therapeutical situation therapeutic situation is because actually the um, tiny bits that would sometimes escape the unconscious are what we call symptoms so when we have symptoms it means that it's something that comes to the surface and that feels inexplicable to the conscious mind and one of the most common symptoms of the unconscious is what has been called later on he obviously didn't call it that himself but what's been called the Freudian slip and a Freudian slip is not only words speaking it is also in text writing and it's also in um, forgetfulness knowing as well that the Freudian slip 
is not always applicable. So there are moments when you will say the wrong word. There are moments when you will write the wrong word. And there are moments when you will forget about something that are not Freudian slips. Because it can also be due, of course, to other things, such as being tired, for instance. Or <laughs> something that absolutely did not exist in his time, a typo. <laughs> because, you know, your phone is doing the autocorrector. That is not necessarily a Freudian slip. So a Freudian slip, what is it? It is me saying a word and then instead of actually saying the word that I was meant to say, I say something else, but that will have a character which would actually give a hint about how I really feel about it. So it would be, for instance, you know, talking about a t summer course and then calling it a summer curse because actually I didn't want to do it. That would be a typical Freudian slip. So when we, the reason that we seek therapy is because the symptoms, now obviously not only the slips, but other things as well, which I'm not necessarily getting into today, but because the symptoms become difficult to live with. So it's when we notice that there are things about us that we cannot explain, that is making us uncomfortable with ourselves, that we seek the therapy in order for the therapist to seek out in what we are saying different kinds of mechanisms and symptoms in order to try to actually find the missing pieces. And the missing pieces are then what is deep down in the unconscious. Now we can go, most of us actually do, go our whole lives without ever seeking what is going on in the unconscious and live perfectly happily anyway. Okay, so it's not something that we can't live without, for instance. Yet, I would be inclined to say that one of our strongest sensation of being unwell, of unease, is linked to the fact that deep down inside of us, we all have a feeling of not being able to understand ourselves, of not knowing ourselves. Because there is actually a part of us that is so hidden that we don't always understand the own, our own motivations. Now, when it comes instead into the therapy session, I don't know if you can hear this, this is strong rain that just came on on the outside. So in the therapy session, the idea of this, this is what can be very difficult for many people who are not interested to go into therapy, find unnecessary. In the... Um, conditions of a therapy, the idea is to try to understand what is in our unconscious, let's say, or what these um, desires that are actually hidden in our unconscious are in order to make more sense to ourselves, which actually ultimately would allow us in a future time to live more aligned with who we truly are, to actually be more authentic about ourselves which would then ultimately mean being more at peace with oneself and therefore feeling better. It doesn't mean that you change who you are. It means that you actually integrate the parts of yourself that you would, didn't really allow yourself to integrate. So this means that, for instance, 
the behaviorists who are working with cognitive behavioral therapy are not coming from the same perspective as a clinician would do or as a psychoanalyst would do. The explanation for that is that instead of working on the unconscious coming to the surface in order to integrate and live in peace with who you are, the behaviorists are more in the idea of tapping into the behaviors that we've developed that are almost more on the animal level and then changing a behavior and then that will actually change our perception as well and therefore making us feel more at ease with ourselves and a better higher level of well-being. From the clinical perspective, a therapy takes quite some time because of course tapping into this part, the unconscious, is not something that you do over four sessions or even eight sessions, okay? Whereas a behaviorist would instead offer you a program, let's say, of eight to ten sessions in order to resolve whatever seems to be the symptom, which is more than focused on the action of the symptom, as in the pattern of the behavior, changing that, and by changing it, reducing the discomfort, which is, which is basically then the explanation to why the two different ways of dealing with the human um, suffering <laughs> uh, looks different this way. Okay, that would be the explanation in, in, in so many words. When it comes to the subconscious mind, so number one, subconscious mind is not, if you've done studies in psychology, you might recognize what I'm saying now. Subconscious mind is not something that I ever heard about during my studies, okay? So, first of all, what does that mean? Actually, subconscious mind was also something that existed, of course, since, you know, back in the day, centuries ago, through the philosophers and the thinkers. However, the one who really founded and made it into a clear concept would be Pierre Janet, which was a doctor in France, as you might imagine on the name. And actually, Janet was in the um, late 1800, first of all, a philosopher. He was also a psychologist. And finally, he was a doctor, a medical doctor. And the reason that Janet founded the idea of the subconscious was because he worked with hypnosis. And what is then the subconscious? So actually, and this is where it's really important to understand the difference, the subconscious is actually the automatic mode of our brain, of our mind, of our body even, I would say. Something that is subconscious is just like the preconscious in that sense that it's something that is just below the conscious mind that we don't need to use so much energy to remember all the time, but that can be very quickly accessed in any time. So it's a little bit the, uh, if I would call you at three in the morning and ask you, 
what day you are born, you would be able to tell me that, okay? However, it's not as much about maybe the conscious, that it's like the pre-conscious where it's these like notions, but it would be more a question of the automations that we have, which means that everything that is linked to our behavior and the patterns of behavior that we have developed are subconscious. So it's the idea of riding a bike, for instance. The fact that we can write without having to think about what it impacts to use your hand that way and the pen that way and how to make the letters. We do it automatically. It's the same idea as getting into your car and then realizing all of a sudden that you are already at work and that you have no idea how you got there. It means that your conscious mind was somewhere else, but you had trained yourself that well that you managed to do all the things that were needed, avoid the things that you needed to avoid, take that direction, whatever, do all those things. And it was done by the subconscious part of yourself. So the subconscious is not unconscious. And the unconscious is not subconscious. I hope that you can see the difference between the two. Now, here is where it becomes more tricky. Some of these deep down hidden things in our unconscious might drive us in what we decide to register as subconscious. The same way that when I was explaining that our perception of the world, if you listen to the episode in the beginning where I talk about psychology, our perception of the world will very much depend on the context that we were born into. Well, the same way, the way we create patterns of behaviors in the subconscious part of ourselves will actually also depend on what is in the unconscious part of ourselves. So this is why it is also for me, as a clinician anyway, essential to understand that there is never any hazard That the things that we do, even the automatic modes that we've created in things that the way we deal with things and do this and that or behave, sure enough, are things that we've learned so that it's become this just thing we do without realizing it. But the reason that it was learned this way is because of what else is in there. And it would be for me as well, once again, the explanation why When someone gives you a 10-step how to change something that is just your pattern of behavior, that will work, but then there will be a relapse in like 85-90% of cases. When I say 85-90% of cases, I am not basing that on a study. Uh, It's a figure of speech, okay? In a lot of cases. One of the things that I really wanted to leave you with, which is really essential to this part of um, understanding what the subconscious is, and that came up as 
I was having a conversation with um, one of my friends uh, over lunch yesterday when we were talking about this subject, which is also why I was intrigued to, to make this um, episode today. And that is, you cannot learn things, you cannot learn new things by your subconscious, okay? It, it, you can't bypass the conscious mind to get into the subconscious. You actually need to be actively aware about things in order for them to stay with you. And when you've repeated them enough times, it stays in the habit that is stored in the subconscious, which means that you don't need to use so much energy to remember it anymore. What does this mean? It shows up in, you can watch the same movie 10 times, or maybe not 10, let's say three at least, and have the feeling that there are new things each time that you didn't see the other times. That's a proof that you need to be conscious for something to actually become a part of your experience, if you will. And the reason I'm saying that is that no, you cannot train your subconscious to learn a new language by listening to audiobooks in French every night when you sleep and then believe that sometime later you'll wake up one morning and speak fluent French. That is not the case. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.